Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey Jonathan, how's it going? It's going great. I am in sunny Southern California, so uh, I'm missing all the rain in Nashville, which is glorious. Uh, Rain here in North Carolina as well, so you are missing it on the eastern side of the U.S. I'm not sure uh, missing it is the right words but yeah fair fair point so uh how how is everything in san diego you're out there for a social media marketing conference i am i'm out here for a social media marketing world and it's kind of neat we got a a little southern baptist contingent among the attendees out here we uh we've got ronnie kurtz from midwestern julie masson uh, that works with us here at lifeway some and does stuff with the rlc as well as kyle brogdon from lifeway myself uh jacqueline parish from imb and also, uh, one of David Jeremiah's staffers that uh, based here in San Diego, so she's with us too. Haley is uh, is hanging out with us as well, and then Ivan Mesa, who runs the the Gospel Coalition site, is uh, up in Louisville, Kentucky, uh, Southern Baptist up there in the Louisville area. So, uh, it, you know, it's it's kind of neat. There's about eight of us, uh, seven or eight of us here, and kind of hanging out together, and it, it's made the conference that much better. We're really enjoying it. Very nice. Very nice. Well, uh, San Diego is one of my favorite places. A lot of great uh, food, incredible weather, uh, a lot of fun. Yeah, we had a, an event last night for the conference on the deck of the Midway, which was nice. pretty cool. Pretty, pretty cool. Yeah. So uh, you can find some pictures on Instagram if you follow Julie or myself or somebody else, any of the people I listed. So had a good time out here, but it's been an interesting week in the SBC. Amy, we've got some big news uh, kind of wrapping up some stories we've talked about over the last couple of months. But first, we want to thank our sponsor. Located in Louisville, Kentucky, the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary is committed to training future pastors, missionaries, and gospel leaders. You can learn more about undergraduate, graduate, and doctoral degree programs by visiting sbts.edu. On to the news, Amy. Big news out of Richmond this week. We have a presidential search team named to find the successor to David Platt at the International Mission Board. Yes, we've been looking for this. Knew it would probably come this week with the trustee meeting. Um, I was watching the live stream. They actually live streamed the plenary this week, and uh, I was watching. I think you were as well. I so was. we heard that announcement. Yeah, we did, and we were. Uh, we had the the team up there. People were been asking us about this for the past week or two since the news broke. Uh, if we knew what was going on, and we didn't because they hadn't announced the team yet. So uh, we do right. have that now. And uh, we can go through those names, Amy. The chairman of the presidential search committee is, and I I hope I'm going to say this right, so my apologies to all Louisianans out there, uh, Chuck Porsche. You think I got that right? That's how I would say the name, Porsche or maybe even Porsche. So it's one of those two. You know, It just depends on what part of Louisiana you're from, really. Okay, well, uh, I'm trying my best here. He is senior pastor of Broadmoor Baptist Church in Shreveport, Louisiana. Uh, so he's going to chair that committee, and the vice chair will be the vice chair will be Andy Davis, who pastors First Baptist uh, Church in Durham, North Carolina, not far, uh, not far from here. Yes, and other members of the team will include David Sills, who we had on the podcast earlier in the week. We had a great interview with That's him. Right. Go check that interview out, by the way. If you haven't listened to episode 145, go do that. Check out the interview we had with David Sills. Fascinating interview. Uh, did about 30 minutes with him. So uh, he's a, a professor at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, a member of Ninth and O Baptist in Louisville. 
That's my church. Oh, it was. He was my. We were. We were fellow. He's a fellow church member of mine. Okay, very cool. Lisa yep. Lovell, who's at First Baptist Church in Fayetteville, she's a physical therapist up there in Northwest Arkansas. Ken McLemore, uh, the missions pastor at Liberty Baptist, pastored by Grant Etheridge in the Hampton, Virginia area. Nancy Patrick, who's a school psychologist in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Will Payne, who's the FCA campus director at Syracuse University and a member of Very Central cool. Baptist in Syracuse. Seth Polk, who is the lead pastor of Cross Lanes Baptist Church in Cross Lanes, West Virginia. It also includes Bill Ricketts, who's the retired pastor of Prince Avenue Baptist Church in Athens, Georgia. A lot of ties uh, to a lot of places in the SBC from Prince Avenue Baptist, and a, a big sending church down there in the Athens, Georgia area. Tim Simpson, who's a pastor of Green Ridge Baptist in Clarksburg, Maryland. Cindy Sneed, a clinical laboratory scientist and member of North Phoenix Baptist in Phoenix. Derek Spain, the executive pastor of Hebron Church in Decula, Georgia. Susan Bryant, the Kentucky WMU president, member of Grafensburg Baptist Church in Waddy, Kentucky. Rick Dunbar, uh, chairman of the IMB board and a physician and member of First Baptist Church, Madison, Mississippi. And finally, Robert Welch, senior pastor of Rock Hill Baptist Church in Brownsboro, Texas. Dwayne Ostrom, who's an IMB field leader, will serve as a non-voting member uh, to give them some perspective from the mission field. I like the inclusion of Dwayne right there. Yeah, I did too, and I appreciated the way they explained that, that he, he because he's not a trustee, he won't actually vote, but he does get a chance to speak into the conversation. And uh, uh, that just, I think that speaks well of uh, the process. And I also think that, that this just shows, uh, hearing the presentation, hearing Rick Dunbar uh, present the search committee today, you could just see um, a real sense of responsibility on the part of the trustees. And uh, we just know that our International Mission Board is, uh, they are working, they are focused, they are praying, and uh, taking this process very seriously. And uh, so that's our next step. It is. And if you have any names for consideration, there's an email address. You can send them to imbsearch at broadmoor.tv. And Broadmoor is spelled B-R-O-A-D-M-O-O-R dot T-V. So, and that's a connection to the, the chairman. That's his, yeah, it's that's his home his church. church. So that's yeah. how it'll go directly there. Yeah, so it'll go directly to the chairman of the search team. So imbsearch at broadmoor.tv. But that's not all they did, Amy. They also appointed 20 missionaries uh, during their trustee meeting this week. They're full-time, fully funded missionaries will serve around the world. That was uh, live streamed as well. One final note on the IMB trustee meeting. We were watching the uh, the plenary uh, whenever they streamed it, and, and they had an in-memoriam time, kind of like what you would see at the Oscars. It's coming up this weekend uh, where they go through right. everybody that had died in the past year. And included in the in-memoriam is a little piece of nugget trivia that I did not know. Billy I Graham. I didn't know either. Billy Graham yeah. served as a foreign mission board trustee from 1957 to 1963. I had no idea when uh, when he was presenting that, and it, the in memoriam was was missionaries, retired missionaries who had died in the last year, and then after that he said, you know, we're just going to mention one uh, former trustee, and so I'm kind of one, and then it pops up this picture of Billy Graham. Never knew he had been a trustee. Never knew he'd been a trustee of any entity. Yeah, I, ha I had no idea. Yeah. So, so that was very interesting. Five years. Yeah. So uh, that was kind of a, a neat little touch to the, uh, the the trustee meeting that they had there. So uh, congratulations to all of those on the search team. Please be in prayer for them and for uh, the, the candidates that they will be talking to. So they have a process and we will just have to uh, wait and see where that process leads them, uh, but continue to be in prayer for them and all of our missionaries serving around the world. Amy, update in Virginia. We're going to stay in Virginia 
The BGAV announced this week they're following the lead of the BGCT from last week and will stop forwarding churches' gifts to the CBF. Obviously, this is something we've been keeping our eye on when the CBF announced their uh, change in their hiring policy, uh, that they would replace their uh, former prohibition of uh, hiring homosexual and transgender employees with a policy that opened some positions to Christians who identify as LGBT. Um, you know, BGCT made a decision that, that uh, they were going to not continue cooperation uh, last week. We started watching the BGAV. That's one of the other groups that uh, that kind of has churches that are dually aligned. And here they are following the same steps. Yes, so, they are. Yeah. So now, now they had, um, they've had, what they've had for their giving is that they would offer giving tracks uh, for churches to customize uh, to customize their giving. So they could do, you know, partial for Virginia ministries and SBC ministries um, part, you know, for Virginia ministries and then a combination of, of SBC and CBF. What they'll do is they'll eliminate the CBF from those, uh, from those options. Yes, they will. And, uh, you know, this, like we said, follows suit from the Baptist general convention of Texas uh, announcement that we heard last week. And now it's the Baptist general assembly of Virginia. So uh, just drop in what those acronyms mean for those uh, who may have been trying to keep track at home. So uh, moving on. We have a lot of acronyms. Yeah, we have a lot of acronyms. It is the SBC after all, or is it the the GCB? I don't know. (laughs) I'm not. No, keep going. Okay. All right. So we'll move on down to South Florida where Beth Moore held a Living Proof Live event last week. Uh, near Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School, which was the school where we saw the, the shooting a couple of weeks ago. And the event marked the 20th anniversary of Living Proof Lives with Beth Moore. That's incredible. 20 years. Um, I, now, I've never been to a Living Proof Live. Has, Neither have uh, I. Ha, <laughs> uh, okay. I was going to ask if you have or has Beth or I other think people. Beth has I gone mean, to one or two. I, I'm pretty sure she. Yeah. Oh, yeah, she did. She did. She did one last year here in, in, in Nashville. So yeah, I know she's going to that one. Obviously, many of your coworkers, some probably have been to all of them. Um, but I wonder this, if there are. Uh, I wonder if somebody. There's got to be somebody. There's well, got to be somebody that's been, been to every one of them. Beth Moore. Well, sure. Uh, yeah. Yes. I don't know. And that's really funny what you just said. Yeah, that's obvious that she's been to all of them. I was really thinking of someone else. You know, there's well, got to be at least one. You never know. Been to all of them. Maybe Faith. I don't know. I don't know. Um, Paige. Anyway, so. Yeah. So, but the this sort of side story, the Baptist Press story uh, in here talks about the connection uh, with the shooting at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas, the teacher, history teacher that was there. She had bought her ticket months ago, uh, and she was actually in the in the room. And there were a number of sort of touches, some lanterns, 17 lanterns uh, coming up on the stage, you know, people carrying them, um, a letter that Beth Moore had crafted, praying for those who had been injured. You know, she just did a lot of things to, um, to make the connection and to make a tribute to those people. And there was a teacher there in the audience. So those are really moving part of the story. It's not just that it was 20 years, but it was a very specific, um, 
a, a very specific event and a very meaningful to one attendee. We're going to link to that story in the show notes just so you can read that and see what happened. Finally, in the news section, Amy, this week, uh, we kind of touched on it earlier, Billy Graham's death last week we mentioned uh, and talked about him with the uh, the IMB earlier in the program. But his funeral is this week in Charlotte, North Carolina. My boss is headed that way. I know some others Mine from is too. Yeah, yours is too, and uh, some others from the SBC. So uh, several of them will be at the event this week. Um, but there's a great story in Baptist Press about uh, we something we talked about on the podcast last week. That was a lying in honor at the National Capitol Rotunda. Yeah, uh, Shannon Baker wrote this story, and uh, she's a good friend of mine and and really great writer, and uh, I think was even headed there maybe yesterday or, or something to and, and talking to folks who were in line. Um, but this is, you know, it's, it's a it's a big week. The first couple of days this week, he was in Charlotte at the library. I watched uh, from here some footage of the processional from Asheville to Charlotte over the weekend. And then he was in Charlotte and many people could come. Our, my father-in-law went to, uh, to really? Charlotte where, yeah, where folks could, could go. And, um, and then I was watching yesterday as people were just lined up to go into the Capitol. Um, a lot of folks just passing by there. Uh, we had um, we had had someone from our local news come out and interview Dr. Aiken yesterday about just yeah, I saw his, that online. Yeah. Yeah. His time when he met with Reverend Graham. And that was a great, a great interview. And uh, I think, as Dr. Aiken said, you know, this week, the the funeral is just going to be a real time of celebration that we're sad for us. But the truth is, everyone is just very happy for where he is now. And then uh, just thinking on all that was accomplished in his lifetime for the gospel. Yeah, so Amy, that's something uh, we'll be watching. Uh, you know, obviously it'll, it'll happen after this podcast drops uh, on Friday, and uh, you'll be able to follow that along, watch it online, listen to the radio broadcast uh, hosted by a good friend of the pod, Ed Stetzer, or uh, you know, just follow it along on Twitter. Uh, we'll be tweeting as we can uh, about the funeral. So uh, should be quite the event, ninety minute ceremony. So uh, check that out on Friday if you have a chance. And if not, uh, you know, you probably catch it online later as well. So that's going to move us to my favorite part of the week this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds. We're going to take it back to 1956. And uh, this is going to be just one of those times. And I love to have these where we talk about the years that people were encouraged to attend the upcoming SBC annual meeting. Because you, you need know, to come to Dallas, I, people. Show up. 10,000 yes. strong. Let's go. Yes, we care a lot about that. This was uh, in the 1956 issue of Baptist Press. There was a great sort of cover story that was telling people, giving people tips for traveling. And it said it gave all the different ways that people or the, the, the times that it people to get to Kansas City by train. You know, I love that. I know you do. And it's encouraging people. So, so the reason I want to bring this up, because it's not much of a news story, but I just want to think through. People were being encouraged to come from Los Angeles, from Los Angeles, from Miami. Those were the farthest places from Kansas City. And it, will, it would take up to 43 hours by train to reach Kansas City from the most remote parts in the Southern Baptist Convention. That's a long ways. It is a long way. So this was saying they were giving other rail times one, one way 
not not round trip, one way. From New Orleans, 18 hours. Birmingham, 18 hours. San Francisco, um, also 43 hours. Charlotte was 31 hours. Atlanta, 22. Nashville, 15. Phoenix, 35 hours. Washington, 27 hours. And people were coming from all over the U.S. Now, this is something we need to we need to keep in mind. When we step back and say, we don't think, you know, it's, it's too hard. It takes too long to travel to Dallas. When we think that, we need to step back and say, hey, they had to ride 43 hours by rail. Some of them did in 1956, and they still came. Yeah, but uh, we to be fair, this. you know, I would probably rather ride on a railroad car for a couple of days than try to fight some of the plane traffic and all that junk that you have to fly, you know, if you're flying. Well... Then I have good news for you, Jonathan. You can. I there can, are ways. I don't think you can from Nashville, though. That's the thing. I don't think we well, have a railroad. That's the not problem. We don't have that anymore. I I went by Amtrak. Yeah, to we New know. Orleans we know. Because I went to Memphis and got on the train. So I'm just saying, if you want to take a couple of days and go by train, there are ways. You can get on the train in a field in West Tennessee. I've done that as well in my lifetime. Uh, Legally? Yeah, it's a like a train station oh. in a field okay i thought you meant like was, you're jumping on there like a hobo no okay. isn't as a kid we did a trip to canada i did dumb things and as a kid too but you know and we took the train there are two places to get on the train in tennessee they're both in west tennessee one is memphis and the other one i can't remember which like north town. of memphis i guess yeah it is it's but it's a, basically a field and you get on it in the middle of the night okay Yes. So I'm just saying you, you could, you just have to drive a little bit, but the point is the effort is worth it. Yes, it is because decisions are made by those who show up. Yes. So it's a little boring, but I've got the link to that Baptist press and it actually gives way more. It gives sample train schedules, round trip to Kansas city. I mean, they're off, they're given all these options. Uh, railroad fares, everything. Uh, there's another story in there about Australian Baptists. You can kind of check that out. Did they take a train? Did it, what? The Australian Baptists take a train to the SBC? No, they did not. Okay. They were actually inviting uh, Southern Baptists to their assembly because their annual assembly of Baptists would be around the same time as the Olympics. Oh, and so they, so the Australian Baptists were inviting. Uh, Baptists from the U.S. to come. And, the, and there are some other interesting stories. But the top one, I just want to say, you and I, we are beating this drum and our listeners are going to keep hearing it for the next few months. But we're not the only ones. Baptist Press was beating the same drum, encouraging people to come, be a messenger, giving them all the tools they needed. And they were do, all doing it this week in SBC history. It sounds like the, uh, the executive committee could have opened up a travel uh, bureau back in the 50s i mean they're they're putting people yeah. on train cars in memphis they're telling them how to get on the train to it's like it's like the executive committee had stock at amtrak they were working hard this this issue has a sample schedule from all these different cities i mean it didn't matter where you were from they had a way for you to get there all right well that's going to bring us to our resources of the week my resource of the week is a new book from amy whitfield uh, it's called SBC FAQ, and, and some other guy helped her with it. But uh, it's from Amy Whitfield <laughs> and this other guy at Southeastern. Keith but, Harper, Keith Harper, who's an yeah. incredible He's, Baptist history professor. Been... Some guy, some guy at Southeastern. Um, it's from Amy Whitfield, and it's called SBC FAQ. And 
It's awesome, and you need to get a copy. You need to bring it to the SBC and have Amy sign it. I need to set up a signing for Amy at the B&H store no, this no. year. i got to work on that when I get back to the office. I just thought about that. i got to make it happen Monday morning. Okay, please don't make. I would be the person at the table that has no line at all. No, we could we could get we could get all the listeners to come. They would come. They would come from far and wide, all thousands of them. I think you should make it the scavenger hunt thing because then the three people could just find me. But I, no. I can tell you that. No, we'll we'll have you. We'll have a line like Beth Moore had in Houston. You watch. I don't think so fast on that one. Um, anyway. That we're excited. It launched this week. Yes, was it actually did. the, the did. release date. So right. our so our hope is that it will increase participation. I That's hope so too. There. I hope so yeah. too. So, all right. And uh, your resource of the week is uh, new movie. I can only imagine. Oh yeah, um, that's yeah, that's a, a song. Whenever you hear that phrase, even when I just say it in conversation, I can only imagine. Then the song starts going through my head. Those, that piano lick. Bum bum bum. I mean, you, you hear it right in your head. Yes, but this is uh, this is the movie that really kind of tells uh, tells a story behind that song. Priscilla Shirer is in it. This is not her yep. first film. She was in the War Room, and uh, so kind of adding acting to her uh, repertoire. Uh, but this is uh, th- this is a, a an exciting thing for this to come out. It opens in theaters March 16th. So definitely plan to check it out. Yep. Madeline Carroll, Trace Atkins, Dennis Quaid, a few of the names, Cloris Leachman. So check it out. Uh, they had the big uh, premiere at the Skirmerhorn this week here in Nashville. So we had everybody here uh, for that. So uh, that was uh, that was pretty awesome. So I, I'm looking forward to, uh, to seeing this as well. This is one of those movies I take the kids to see. So it'd be fun one. Very cool. It opens March 16th, so you got two weeks to, to get your tickets and get ready to go see I Can Only Imagine. Yes. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us this week. Amy, uh, if you have a name for the IMB search team, it's IMB search at broadmoor.tv, B-R-O-A-D-M-O-O-R.tv. And continue again to pray for our trustees at uh, all our institutions, not just the ones at IMB on the search team there, as well as our employees and missionaries around the world. And also, we want to thank our sponsor, the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. You can find out more about them at sbts.edu online. That's going to do it for us this week. We'll see you next week. See you next week.